Well, here we are again, Richo. Two weeks in a row, we've done the podcast on our own. We had Maddie Lloyd lined up to join us today, the great Lordo. So what happened to Lordo? Well, he's, his wife has got a foot infection. Um, <laughs> I'm, that, that's, that's I'm too, it's too out there shit. to... You know, everybody makes up a few excuses every now and again, but it's a bit too out there that it could be... It's not a lie. I think yeah. it's something a little bit more plausible to lie right. about than that. Now, he's going to come on, though, next, next week. Next week, Lord he'll up. be on next week. I can't wait for him to come on because he's got a good Tom Cruise story. He rates himself, Lord It is up. a great Tom Cruise yeah. story. And next week, I'm going to get you guys to rate each other in some areas of football and to see where you think <laughs> each other. Because you're two of the great power forwards oh, I don't know about of that. the mid-90s. But uh, let's get straight into it. Now, I'm, I'm a bit worried about you. I'm a bit worried about your legacy. Matt. Why is that? Well, Nathan? it's just that there's a lot of things going on at Richmond at the moment. And yeah. Dusty's flying. Yeah. Jack Rewalt's been flying for a long time, won a, won a premiership, yeah. sung with the Killers. Yeah. you got Tom Lynch, who they're talking about. I feel like they might have forgotten. Trent Cochin won a brown like They might have forgotten about you. No, I don't think they have. We've got, well, we've got Matty Lloyd on next week. We've got the Lloyd End, obviously, right. at Etihad Stadium or yeah. Marvel Stadium, whatever it is. He's got the Mark Rusciuto stand over in Adelaide. You've got all these stands named after people, the Dougie Hawkins wing. I, I, I would have thought with your standing in the game that there would have been a Matthew Richardson end or you could be the Matthew Richardson punt road end or something Nathan, with the Richardson name on it. But I'm a bit worried about your legacy. You don't play football to get personal accolades. It's nice though. And I actually didn't play football to get any team accolades either. If you have a look <laughs> at my career, there's not much there. I don't even have anything named after me at my local footy club in Devonport, mate. So there's not going to be anything named after me at Richmond. Yeah, the other thing that gives me great pleasure is that I did the game last Saturday night. And it's going to be wet, windy, hail this weekend, potential snow Friday night um, for the game in Canberra. But seeing you on a Saturday night down on the boundary line when it was pissing down with rain gives me absolute pleasure. Because I look down, right, and you are not allowed to have... Umbrellas at the no, MCG. At no AFL game are you allowed to have umbrellas. Well, you're not allowed to put them up. The people there was pay one for person in the whole of the MCG, 50,000 people there, who was sitting under my umbrella. The only person with an umbrella was you. When? Saturday night, you were sitting under nah, a little umbrella nah, down the boundary line. That is a lie. You were allowed to have an umbrella at quarter time, half time, and three quarters. Not even time. the bench, the doctors, nobody gets an umbrella, but he is Big Lips Richardson. Mate, the only thing I'm worried about when it's raining on the boundary line, I couldn't give two hoots about the game. The <laughs> only thing that I'm worried about is keeping my hair dry, Nathan. Because if, when it gets wet, there's more holes than Swiss cheese. So and I that's just what gives me great humour. Because right. I and noticed you know when that. you interviewed last week, you'd patted it down to within an inch of its life to make sure that you didn't see any receivement going on. I'm glad that you noticed that, mate. That is true. What about this Friday night, though? Talking of um, cold conditions, it's going to be one degree in Canberra on mm. the boundary line. I'm not doing it. I think Jude Bolton's coming across from Sydney. And I think one it might degree. snow. Sleet, they reckon, is oh, going to be coming in. So that's no good. What was the coldest conditions you ever had up in Bendigo, junior um, footy? Uh, we, we actually it snowed in Ballarat once for an inter-league yeah. game, and yeah. they and they cancelled it. was under 14 or something like yeah. that. But they cancelled it, and we played it the next week. But I played in Ireland in the Australian rules. Oh, it would have been team, cold there. And it was three degrees. Oof. Same thing, sleet. It wasn't yeah. exactly snow, but yeah. it actually hurt when it was coming yeah. in. Mark Bickley broke his ankle that day. Didn't it was that cold. It. Did not feel it. In the showers after the game with a broken ankle, yeah. starting to thaw but out. Actually, it started to get like really sore yeah. and I had to fly home the next day. Um, mate, I remember a game as a kid in Tassie on the northwest coast of Tassie. And we rolled up to a place called Fourth for our school footy. Uh, really early on a Saturday morning, 9am, it was freezing cold. And this was a very ordinary ground. It was a bit of a cow paddock. And there would look, you know, 
puddles of water on the ground, but they'd actually frozen over. So there was ice <laughs> on the ground. That's the coldest I've ever experienced. Hey, let's talk about... Uh, I love it when people get interviewed at this stage and yeah. then the media pick it up. Like They ask about David Teague. So they ask yeah. the players, you know, um, do you love David Teague? What else are the players going to say? They're always going to say, yeah, I love David Teague. They're not going to sit there and bag him and go, no, he can't coach. No, I don't like him. Like mm. six weeks ago, they were backing up Brendan Bolt. And all of a sudden... Paddy Cripps says, yeah, uh, I'm behind David Teague. Teague. Train. And everybody says that Paddy Cripps is on the Teague train. Yeah. We don't know whether he is. We can only take him at face value. But yeah. it's it, it makes me laugh that all of a sudden all the players love David Teague. Oh, exactly. I mean, what else are you meant to say as a player? I mean, when, you, when your coach is under the pump in the media and the media is asking you how your coach is going... You pump him up. What do you always say? Yeah. Oh, it's not his fault. It's the player's yeah. fault. We're the guys out on the ground doing the job. It's just... I don't think you should take any notice in that if you're Chris Jard and you're the the Carlton board Mark Lagutashay you need to just put all that aside and you actually still have to go through a process the problem Carlton have now is that the members we had talk back on 3RW Sunday afternoon and we asked whether uh, Cameron Ling mentioned that Michael Voss was in the running to coach Carlton the switchboard lit up we had 10 callers come through and they're all Carlton members saying mm. that they're going to microwave their memberships a la <laughs> Richmond style if they don't give the job to Teague so they've backed themselves into a corner Carlton imagine if they don't take Teague and they start 2-6 next year well do you see it going any other way now um, than Teague yeah well, the, the whispers around. I mean, we did Friday Night Footy last week, and Luke Darcy had this cheesy look on his face, like he knew something, and right. he, he wasn't buying into the David Teague thing. Right. Um, so I don't know. There's whispers around about. Uh, I don't think Alice Clarkson will be the man, but maybe Michael. I don't know, but I, I think don't think it's a done deal yet. The only way they couldn't appoint Teague now would be if you got a Clarkson or a Hardwicks or a Adam Simpson, someone who's won a premiership in the last three or four years, or I mean, yeah. Luke Beveridge has just signed up. Unless you get a premiership coach that's coached a premiership in recent times, you have to appoint Teague, I think. Hey, there's two clubs at the moment who look like they've fallen off the cliff and they're both their coaches have said, we need to get better come finals time, yeah. Geelong and Collingwood. Now, the Cats have got some injury concerns. The Cats will be all right. Yeah, I think so. What about Collingwood, though? Daniel Wells, do you roll a dice? They're talking about, obviously teams come out tonight, but they're talking about Daniel Wells coming mm. in. He played one game this year. In that game, he had 13 disposals and a quarter and a half. Kick three. three goals. I would definitely play uh, Stevenson in the first week of the finals. Yep. 100% would play him. Uh, I'm not sure about Wells with his history of injury. I know he came into that game and, and had a really good first quarter and a half, but you couldn't have two of them in there that hadn't played for such a long period of time. I'd be worried about that. I'd roll a dice with Stevenson. I'd give Wells at least a game a game and a half in the VFL and if he's if he's all right play him in round 23 see if he gets through and then he might be okay for finals big risk I think have you seen a player as silky as Daniel Wells though like the way he can kick the footy Collingwood have got Pendlebury in the middle who can kick the footy really well he's yeah. their best kick but outside Pendlebury I think a lot of them aren't great kicks I think still Sidebottom's a really good kick but not getting enough of the footy yeah. Adam Trelaw isn't a great kick he gets a lot of it um, Taylor Adams. Everyone else through the mid, they're not elite kicks at Collingwood, whereas I think if they had Daniel Wells come in... Yeah, I get that. But I'm not talking about his playing ability. I'm talking about his durability. And over a long period of time, Daniel Wells has shown that he's not that durable. Yeah. Can you risk him in a final and then be one man down early in a game? I'd be really worried about that. Let's talk about kicks, because I yeah. rate Daniel Wells as one of the best kicks in the competition. Yeah. Who do you rate as the best kicks in the oh. AFL? Well, I'll tell you what. I watched the West Coast Eagles on Sunday against uh, Carlton. They're an incredible 
kicking team. Mm. And you look at their back line. So I'm, you want your top my top five yep. picks. All right, at the moment, and I've, I've, I've probably missed some, but I've got two West Coast Eagles backmen in the top five kicks in the yep. AFL. The captain, Shannon Hearn, he's got every kick. He's, he hits the short ones. He can kick it 55, 60 metres. They get there quickly. They hit the target. So I think Shannon Hearn is uh, one of the best kicks in the game. Lewis Jetta. Have you seen a Very bloke? He, he, can, he can muck one up every now and then, he but can. some of his kicks around the but corner. He, but he has a crack at them, though, but doesn't he? But I like the fact that he has a crack at them. His kicking in now is a weapon. There was a kick in on the weekend where he played on. He took full advantage of the, uh, the 20 metres that you've got now, took a bounce, and they'd all pushed up, and they had Liam Ryan leading backwards to the logo. He hit him 60 metres on the logo. Ryan turned around, played on, got it inside 50 for a goal. It was one of the quickest kick-ins to goal you'll ever see, and it was because of Jettis kicking. So I've got him in there as well. I think the best kick either side of his body in the AFL at the moment is Lockie Whitfield. He's got every mm. kick, left or right. I love him. He's a damaging uh, kick. If I was leading out from full forward and there was someone coming through 50, and we've done this before on this podcast... I'd want uh, Gary Ablett kicking it to me. Yep. He just weights them. He doesn't drill them. And you don't want them drilled as a leading forward. You want them weighted. you got time to get off the defender. And then I had Daniel Rich for uh, Brisbane. Just a consistently long kick. Kicks goals from outside 50. And he's been a good kick for 10 years now and doesn't miss many targets. So I asked you to come with your top five. And I've done my top five as well. Right. Um, I was tossing up between um, Hearn also jet up, yeah. and then Walters from Fremantle. I've yeah, settled with Walters. Walters you can have either of them in there, but Walters, what he's doing at the moment, and he's being able to kick goals, his, goal his foot skills, yeah. and his goal kicking add to that. Yeah. I've got number four, I've got Gary Ablett in there, yeah. Oregon, for the same reasons as you. I mean, I'd want him kicking for my life. James Sicily. Yeah, he's a brilliant. I thought kick. about him. Yeah, he, it was either him or Jetta. Forty-five degree angle kicks are so important, and I think he does it with length. Um, what he can do, Nate, he can he can be feigning to kick it straight and then change his the mind body. and kick it across his body. Yeah. It's similar to your Lockie Whitfield, Dustin Martin for me. Yeah, I uh, Dusty, yeah. he's unbelievable. Left, yeah. right, the way he gets the ball at half back and pierces the he middle. He can clang a one every he can now and clang then. A one but up. if you're going to go for them, yep. you're going to have a few clangers, aren't you? Yep. Well, he had 11 inside 50s last week, and yeah. most of them hit the target. And Daniel Rich, I had Daniel Rich. Yeah. So he is. He kicks the ball longer than any other player he in the comp, so the total number of kicks. But he's also the third most efficient player by mm. foot to retain the footy. So when you're kicking longer, it's hard to retain the footy, but he does it by kicking long, so he, he's a jet. So in saying that, your top five kicks, you rated yourself as the best kick of all time when you play. Do they? Are you challenging any of those guys in your own mind? Uh, most of them. You rated your, your left the, I reckon left the best right. kick I played with was either left or right was Lindsay, Lindsay Gilby. What about Leon Cameron? Did you play with Leon? I did play with Leon. Yeah. He could float a left footer, yeah. whereas Lindsay Gilby bang on his left yeah, foot. He, Brilliant. Yeah, Gilbo was unbelievable. Melbourne, they've got some real issues at the moment. Brayshaw was third in the Brownlow last year. Do you trade Brayshaw? Well, I think you do. Because watching Angus Brayshaw at the moment, I think he's he's lost out on the ground. He, he doesn't know what role that he's playing. And I'm not sure if it's because of Angus and where he's at or he's lost confidence. But last year... Just put him in the guts. He could win footy. He was um, getting 25 to 30 a game. He looked confident in that midfield. But they've tried him all over the ground this year on the wing. He's in the back line. He's been at half forward. I, I feel like there's a disconnect there with Angus and, and the Melbourne Footy Club, the coaching department, because there's been no continuity in what he's doing. So I think he 
I think for his own footy, maybe he should well, look at moving. I think they need some pace. I mean, they generally need pace through the middle. They're all one pace. They're all yeah. big bodies. Um, to get Bradley Hill into that footy club, I reckon it'd be massive. Wants to come back to Melbourne. Oh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah, we will. Bradley Hill. Bradley Hill. But, but he'd be important for Melbourne, wouldn't he? Yeah. Exactly. Hey, let's change tack before we go to a break. Steve Smith, how good was the Ashes? Let's not forget, we're all patting ourselves on the back at the moment. We're at eight for 122. Okay, so do you... I, Steve Smith's incredible. He's the best batsman in the world. He's one of the best yep. sportsmen in the world for his performance over the last five or six years. But He's a weird-looking bastard, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's a... Yeah, why, did, why would you even think about but it? But he is a weird-looking man, even all these little mannerisms. I love and, it. Uh, I love it. I love sportsmith mannerisms. But you've got to give credit to Peter Siddle. Eight for 120. I actually turned it off. Mm. I was, you know, it was getting late. 44, email 43. And I was flat. I thought, oh, we've mucked this up. We're going to be all out. But, you know, the, the palms will be well in front yeah. by uh, Stumps. And then I woke up and I thought, I'll check the score on my phone. And Peter Siddle was still in. I yeah. thought, what a great effort. And Nathan Lyon hung around yeah. as well. But, uh, yeah, Steve Smith, that was, that's got to be one of the greatest individual comebacks and sporting performances of all time. It's hard to imagine a better uh, comeback than what he just had. I can't remember. I reckon no. it's great. Uh, yeah. it, it stands head and shoulders above anything else that I've seen. Yeah. It was uh, back-to-back hundreds. It was unbelievable. What are the best fo- football individual performances you've seen? Um, I still remember time. sitting at home um, as a young kid, probably 12 or 13, and watching a game between Geelong and Essendon, yeah. and Salmon at one end kicked 10, oh, yeah. Ablett yeah. at the other end kicked 13. 14. 14. But not only that, he kicked 14 goals, 7. So he's had 21 shots at goal, Gary Ablett. They tried um, folds on him. Yeah. They had Derek Kickett on him. They went to James Hurd. They yeah. went back to Kickett. They had every player on him, but still 21 shots of goal. I think he had 33 disposals for the day. That would take, you know, Jeremy Cameron or Tom Lynch now. They're both pretty good kicks. They need three weeks to have 21 yeah. shots at goal. Remember Adrian McKenna? McAdam. Yeah. I was trying to come up with one a bit left field and I thought Adrian McAdam's first six weeks of footy, I had a look yesterday. This was in 1993. I remember his debut. It was a Friday night game against Richmond. I'd played in the twos because you used to play in the twos beforehand. And I'd come out and I'd, I'd never even heard of Adrian McAdam. He sort of came from nowhere. He started in the forward line. He kicked seven goals on debut. The next week against Sydney, he kicked 10 goals. Then in the next Four, four weeks after that, he went six. Then he had two quieter weeks, three, three. But then he came out... Three's in, a good day yeah. these days. But then he came out in his sixth game and kicked nine. So over his first six games, he kicked 38 goals in 1993. And then he, he petered out a little bit. He ended up with 68 for the year. But it's hard to think of a better it's opening to a career, Adrian McAdam. And he'd come from nowhere. No yeah. one had even heard from him. Some yeah. great first games. I remember John Georgiade, he's kicked eight goals against the, Carlton. For the Doggies? Yeah, first game. The other one, uh, just off, off the top of my head, I was in Launceston the day Buddy kicked 13 yeah. against North Melbourne. Every time it went inside 50, you just knew he was going to get it. It was incredible. It was great to be there. So, yeah, they're two that come to mind. Before we head to the break, I, my wife left for New York today. And <laughs> oh, you're under the pump it's, again. <laughs> it's extraordinary how men and women are so different. And how are you going to do it's it? It's mostly men that are going to be listening to this podcast. So just, it, no it worries disres- me no, when you no start going into this area. To anybody. But the other day, we had a mate of our mine coming around. So, yeah. um, and the house was, wasn't messy. Like it wasn't out of control messy. But yeah. Yeah, our mate Cam McGlinchey yeah, um, was coming around. And Christina got in all the tears going, oh, can you go over there or can you take him out for lunch? The house is messy and all Cam's this sort of stuff. Cam's not going to care, is he? And, that's exactly what yeah. I said. Yeah. I looked at it and I said, 
It's only Cam. Yeah. Who gives a shit? How many and, times has he been to your house? Yeah, and she's like, no, and women get themselves in such a tease over a small little thing about the house being dirty when a guest comes yeah, over. I, I, we, had a, we, had, we actually had an argument about it. Well, why like she you, stormed off. Why wouldn't you just clean the house up for her? Well... She didn't have time to get the house clean. We didn't have time to get the house clean by the time he was because we were going to get home about 3 and he was coming over about 3.15. And who, do you share the We duties? do share yeah. the duties. Well, you have to. Yeah, but carry on. Just like, clean just, it up, NATO. It doesn't matter. Not everything has to be pristine every moment of the day. Not for Cam, it doesn't. No. All right, let's kick off. My favourite part of the show oh, is the yes. burning question. Well, I've just been a little bit... It's annoyed me a lot lately. What's all, annoyed you, Well, Matthew? just all the talk in football now about, oh, this player wants to leave uh, his club and he wants to go home and this player's, you know, his, his girlfriend doesn't like it where they're, where they're living and playing, so he has to come home. Tim Kelly? Uh, well, not, not Tim Kelly. Because I'm hearing but Brad... But that's the rumours. Yeah, but... And Bradley and Hill. But seriously, if you sign a contract for three or four years, then I don't know... I don't know why you're asking to go home after two years or... or or three years, as in Brad Hill's case. And I'm more talking of Brad Hill. He wanted to go back to Perth, you know, for family reasons, yep. because he lived in Perth. And, and at the time, Hawthorne were flying as yeah, well. Yeah, Hawthorne were flying and, and, you know, Hawthorne granted it and he went home. But now he wants to come back to Melbourne. I'm just starting to think, what, what's the point of signing contracts in football? And yeah. so the burning question is, are they a thing of the past contracts? Because they don't seem to mean anything anymore. They don't mean anything at they all. They don't, because if players want to leave their clubs now... They, they get there because what's the point of keeping them if they don't want to be there? Yeah. But I'm Who's more got putting... more power, the club or the player at the moment? With a contract? I'm, I'm starting to think the players do. Yeah. Because if they've had enough and they want to go home, then they just seem to be able we're to go very home. accommodating to try and get people where they want to go because yeah. we're worried about the, the fallback. So on why it. would clubs... Uh, Give play- I don't know why a club would now give a player a long-term contract because they don't. if they don't want to hang around, they don't seem to have to. You're so- a lifelong Richmond um, yeah. player. Your dad played at Richmond as well. What was the biggest offer that came from another club uh, that you had to turn down that from, you really looked at? An offer from Frio in um, 1999. It was a five-year deal and it was a good... Back, back then they went through a period of probably overpaying players. Yeah. Remember Cooter got that huge deal? Yeah. And I reckon at that time, players were getting paid too much. There was yep. one or two big names in each team getting paid too much and it wasn't spread out through the list. So, yeah, knocked that one back in 1999 to go to Frio. But I reckon if you sign a contract... Let's be honest, you weren't missing out on much at Richmond, were you? What? You, you, were, you were well compensated at Richmond too, <laughs> let's be honest. I reckon I did all right, yeah. yeah. I, look, no, I'm, I did I'm not complaining. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Did you ever go? You were gonna. You did leave. Yeah, I did. You talked me into it at the bar down in Port Melbourne. Remember that? I saw you at the pub, and you said you're going to come to the Tigers. And you I know said, the most. Yeah, of, I am. You know the most embarrassing thing about that. What? I know what convinced you to come to Richmond. You went on a helicopter trip <laughs> with Spud. With Spud and Clinton Casey, wasn't we? It? Did we went and uh, had a look at all these properties? Where was it? We went to Torquay first, then over a, a golf course at Sandhurst. Yeah, um, and they said, you know, you have these, and, and have I could this, just and... see you looking down, yeah. thinking you were going to own half of it. So they went and landed on the National Golf Course, right? Which is hard <laughs> to get on at the best of times. And Wayne Campbell, um, the Lord Campbell, he was on the the, the the flight with us. So we got down, and I'm not a big golfer. I, I don't play a lot of golf, and I hadn't played golf for probably the best part of three or four years. Yeah. And they thought this would be a great way to. Uh, Improve browning. Golf. I don't hate golf, but I just I don't You're not play good it. at it. So I got up on the first tee, went to whack the ball, completely missed it, and almost <laughs> fell over. <laughs> Oregon Spuds looking, going, "What the fuck we got here?" <laughs> <laughs>
All right, let's have a look at the Trumpet Award. Yeah. Three best on, three worst on. Kick us away. All right, the worst on to start with. I'm giving one to the AFL umpiring department. Remember a few weeks ago we, we pumped them up, they got votes, because yep. after the Scott Thompson uh, push in the back on the yep. big O, it uh, cost North Melbourne a goal, could have cost them the game that day. Split his ball bag, big three Thompson. <laughs> That's <laughs> always funny, isn't it? <laughs> that is, it's not nice. But I loved it, the fact the AFL got out on the front, front foot. foot, you came out and said it was the wrong decision. I just wanted to know uh, last Sunday whether the Sam Reid non-mark or free kick. Yeah. Was, I don't know why they don't get on the front. Whether they thought it was right or wrong. Just come out. They should make themselves available the day after a contentious decision and just come out and say yes or no. Game changing too. Yeah, and if they knock it on the head, people move on. But that we've talked about what that What did all you week. think? I thought you could have paid the mark and then I thought you could have paid that he dragged his arm down. You see them get paid for a lot less. So the AFL, get on the front foot. Come out and say whether it's right or wrong. Gave them one vote for worst. Uh, Charlie Dixon got the two. Um, I know he'd missed out the week before, got dropped, so he's probably down in confidence, but he um, he couldn't get near it at Eddie Had against Essendon. They won it's the like game. So he needs a big preseason, Charlie Dixon. Yeah, he competed hard, but he, he couldn't take a mark and was a bit fumbly. And I gave three to the Cats. I just thought they'd come out over there in, in Perth. and Holiday mode. Well, I don't mind the fact that they went away for the week. You need to win, though. But I reckon he got a win, and I'm not sure all the players would have won it. The, the players with families probably wouldn't want to be no. away for the week, so I'm not sure that you works. You get lethargic when you're away yeah, for that you do. Long, you you're, sit, not, you're not your own environment. You sit around the hotel, you end up eating too much in the I buffet. You eat. you eat way too much. <laughs> you have eggs every day, you don't uh, know, bacon there. You're eating way too much, so I don't reckon that works anymore, so I gave three to the cats. Worst on, um, Paul Piopolo, he's only kicked one goal in about... Seven or eight weeks, I think. So puts Poppy, pressure on, though. Yeah, good on him. Poppy needs to kick some goals. I mean, you, pressure. Come on. There's enough guys to put pressure on. This man needs to kick goals. Nathan, the yes. game is about pressure. Changed, does it? Well, it is. You don't have to kick goals. Two though. votes. Clayton Oliver. He played. He played a pretty good game. But when you when you stack it up, Dustin Martin had 34 disposals, 11 inside 50s. Yeah. Clayton Oliver, 34 disposals. One inside 50. Mm. That in lies Melbourne's problem at the moment. Mm. They're not getting the ball. We're in dangerous positions to be able to score, and he's a big part of it. He, need, As you said, he needs some help on the outside. Imagine Oliver getting it out to Brad Hill or yeah. an outside runner. Yeah. The same reason you gave the Cats three, I gave the Bombers three. Seventh on the ladder, a game clear of Adelaide. I thought they had a massive chance to knock Port off on yeah. their own home ground, and they just didn't turn up. Mm. Pretty ordinary the week before. They got, got away with one got against a lot Gold of injuries, Coast. Though, haven't they? they have, but yeah. you'd expect them to beat Port Adelaide. No, fair call. I gave, uh, another, I gave the AFL one vote as well for best on for finally realising that AFLX is a waste of time. Good point. And money. So there's one vote for the AFL. I don't think we'll ever see it again, except for the EJ Witten game in a few weeks. Um, I see you strut your stuff out there. Oh, it's going to be embarrassing. Two to Jacob Hopper. He's really stepped up. Canelio out, Josh Kelly out. Him and Taranto are absolute stars. I love the way they go about it. He kicks some goals too. Added that to his game. Two to Jacob Hopper. And this player here, you, you mentioned him before as one of the silkiest kicks. Michael Walters, how good mm. is he? He's been in all of those big games where Freo have won this year. It's been Michael Walters that's been the match winner, so he got my three. Nice work, Matthew. I gave one vote to the AFL as well. I read with interest during the week that they have now taken mental health pretty seriously. They've yeah. put two new doctors on full time to go through all the mental health issues because there's so many extra players coming out. Something that 
probably we don't understand. We uh, never had to deal with it myself. So to to have so many players all of a sudden have mental health is a real eye-opener, and yeah. it's good to see the AFL are taking it really serious. I think that's fantastic, and I know why. It's the social media. I mean, yeah. we never in our era had to deal with the amount of crap they deal with online. Now, you can say don't have social media, but all of their friends have it. Everyone has it. That's how people communicate now. And some of the idiotic things that people have to put up with on there, I'm glad um, they've done that. Charlie Cameron played the perfect forwards game, small forwards. 13 kicks, all of them effective. Zero handballs, like all good small forwards should do. Four goals straight to Harley Cameron. Good game. And three votes. Jack McRae's put together a massive body of work over probably 12 weeks now. 45 disposals. That's a massive day, 45. They lost, but big day. All right, Matt, let's get into three of the biggest games of the weekend. I reckon Essendon Dogs is a huge game because Essendon are in the finals at the moment. The Dogs are coming hard. Yeah, look, Essendon only have to win one more game to seal the finals. And you'd think they'd be able to do that, but I think this is a massive danger game for them. I think the Dogs should be favourites. I'm not into the odds, but their form, they came home against Brisbane like a steam train up in Brisbane last week. They've got players in form. Their midfield's in form. If they can get something happening either end of the ground, the Dogs, I think they beat Essendon this week. $1.83 favourite the Bombers at the moment. $1.97 the Dogs... If I was betting on this game, and I'm not because I'm working at the game, I can't bet at a game I'm working at, I would be taking the dogs. Saar doesn't play, Guelphie doesn't play, Orazio Fantasia, the injury cloud, three of their quickest players on the list. Mm. Oregon, they already struggle with a little bit of pace. The dogs are quick through the midfield. So if those three players, two of them are definitely not playing, if the third one doesn't play... The dogs will just run right. I yeah, think the dogs. Yeah, I think the dogs, they've got to win all their games and rely on other things to go right. But there's still a chance. There's still a little chance for the doggies. And I think they're in better form. I think they win. If the Cats are to finish top place, they need to beat North Melbourne. dollar thirty-two. North Melbourne, $3.30. And the line in that game, 22.5. I don't mind that line. 22.5 point head start for the Kangaroos. You cannot, uh, you cannot tip against Geelong at Geelong just because their record over so long says you can't. But... Uh, a slight bit of danger here, I think, because I reckon North are pretty good around the footy when Cunnington's in form, put Zeeble back in the middle, Simpkins being good, Higgins back in and back in form. If they can get first use of the footy, one thing North do is set up pretty well behind the ball with Thompson and, and Tarrant. So this is a little bit of a danger for the Cats at home, but they want to finish on top. They've been challenged in the media this week, so I think, I think the Cats will win, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. And the last game is the Sunday Twilight game, West Coast, Adelaide. Adelaide just have to win this game, but it's going to be very, very hard against the Eagles. Yeah, I think they'll drop out of the eight this week, the Crows. I think Port Adelaide will win against Sydney. So that means Port will uh, move into eighth position. And you don't beat this Eagles team. They've just got the best contested marking team and best kicking team in the competition. So if you don't get it to ground and you can't make it a bit of a chaos game at ground level, you've got no hope against them. If you're not going to tip Adelaide, which I'm not, I'm going for West Coast. Matt Crouch, Brad Crouch, double, both to get 30 or more disposals. They do that. $3.60. They do it every week, don't I, they? We've got Brad Crouch on his own, 2.25, and Matt Crouch, $1.57. 360, same game, multi. I think that's money for old rope, as Hummer would say. Where is Hummer? I don't know. He's in, in England. <laughs> Being a weirdo. He's carrying on on the social media, isn't he? Yes, he is. All right, Matthew, time for the stats game. A little bit of a different stats game today. We are going to do some times tables. I always learnt the times tables at school, the six times tables, right. because of football. Yep. I was always good at the six times yep. tables. So yep. I'm going to throw a couple at you. Righto. 
Nine goals. Well, 54. Settle down. Nine goals. Well, what, are you, what is this? Well, 15. What? 15 goals. Goals. 90. 21 goals. Uh, 126. Five goals. 30. Okay, get a bit harder now. <laughs> You're an idiot. Seven goals, 10. Seven goals, 10 would be 52. 18 goals, 13. Uh, 121. Nice work. How good's that? Eh? Hey? Very, very sharp. Okay. My brother was really good at this. He, you he, are very good at good, it. Yeah. Well, I was good at maths. I wanted to yeah. be an accountant, Nathan. Mm. I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you pushing the pen. Oh, yeah. Okay. I want you to tell me, in your career, I know you kicked 800 goals. Yeah. How many behinds do you reckon you kicked? 554. 551. Oh, there you go. You knew, <laughs> you knew that. Okay, something a bit different that you mightn't. How many clangers did you have? Clangers. Did I reckon they... it's either clangers or clearances. Well, they wouldn't have been clearances. I don't reckon they kept clangers early days in my career, but all right, I'll have a go at it. Well, I can tell you exactly. They, they started keeping them from Nine. 2001. So it is clangers? Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, Actually, oh, it's clearances. Right, it's so clearances. <laughs> clearances. Right, well, that's a different story. Uh, I reckon I would have had 25 clearances. 35. All right. Uh, how many contested marks did you take in your career? Well, they only took them from 1999, so uh, I will say from that point on, I'll say 500. You had 506. And how many tackles did you lay throughout your career? Uh, I'll say... They two, took the stats all the way back to 1993 tackles. 201. 200, uh, <laughs> you really be generous <laughs> on yourself. 200 and, uh, 134. Jack Steele okay. would get them in six games. So I just want to go through your tackle count. <laughs> So between 1996 and 1999, yeah. you played an average of 20 games a season, right? Right. You had, for the, this is the whole season, mind you, six, <laughs> eight, <laughs> five, and nine. <laughs> what was my best in a season? Your best in a season, you had 14 in 2007. <laughs> That's pathetic. Your best it? for the season was 14. Oh, that's better than I thought. Yeah. All right, time to pick the mind of Richo. This is where we get inside his scone. He's a very intelligent man. We just found out that he possibly wanted to be an accountant when he grew up. You I'm glad thought, he didn't. You thought I was going to muck that up, didn't you? Give me a bit more credit, Nathan. No, you did it very, very well. Okay, let's first one, serious right one. On, right on. Have you ever had lip filler? No. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. That's just my lips, Nathan. Are you worried you're going bald? Well, I am. Every week you bring this up. You're going bald. Look at the size of your forehead. Are you taking anything to eradicate that baldness? Not anymore. I've given up. What do you mean? I've just had enough. You've given up the finasteride. I'm just going to let it go. You you lie. (laughs) (laughs) Is it okay to wear triple denim? So denim jeans, denim shirt, denim jacket. Yes, it is. Yep. No doubt. Where will Stephen Cornelio play next year? I think he'll play at the Giants. Who will coach St Kilda next year? Uh, I think Brett Ratton will. Who, at the moment, is the best mark in the game? Jeremy McGovern. The shooter. Yeah. I'll tell you, Aaron Norton 
in ten years will be the best. Mm. He'll be the he'll he can clunk the Aaron Norton. Uh, are you surprised you don't have your own stand yet? No, it's not, as I said earlier in the show, Nathan. It's not you played for personal accolades. I played for team success. Do you think if this podcast wound up, you would ever go out for coffee with Hummer? Well, you know what? I'd quite like Hummer as much as you get into him it's every it's single week. It's okay week. to like him. Would you catch up for a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon I would. I reckon he'd be good company. In fact, the grubs that are over in uh, England at the moment, I'm really jealous of the grubs. Looks like a good time, doesn't I it? I want to be a part of it. In fact, I want to be on the next junket, and I reckon uh, you should start being a bit nicer to Hummer because you might have been on this trip if you were. You know what? Michael Wall is one of the worst drinkers in the history of <laughs> any drinking. Like He has three beers in his head. It's like he turns his head upside down and then plonks it back on. His head's looking backwards. It takes you at least six or seven to get to that point, but he gets there at half the time you do. Oh, sorry. You're <laughs> one of the greatest drinkers of all time. Ah, it's been a great show. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe, like... Whatever Hummer says every week. Hugo Wines, our one and only sponsor. Hey, don't forget, Lloydie's coming in next week. Lloydie, Matty Lloyd, next week. <laughs>